What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Sound Money Podcast. I'm your host here, Steve McGarry. And on this special episode, I sit down with Kale Moody. He is the CEO and founder of Neptune Digital Assets, aka Neptune, and they're doing a fantastic job moving towards sustainably mined Bitcoin. They're doing a lot of different aspects of accumulating amazing assets like DeFi assets, all different types of masternodes, NFT-focused sustainability in the future with things like carbon credits. Very impressive work that they're doing, and the fact that they are publicly listed is very cool. So without further ado, let's jump right into my interview here and have him walk you through the, the backstory of starting Neptune and just the overarching mission of what they're trying to do as a publicly traded company in Canada. So let's jump right into the interview. I am here with Kale Moody, the founder and CEO of Neptune. How's it going, Kale? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to dig into this because I think this model is quite brilliant. But before we get into Neptune, let's hear a little bit about your background personally and, and your crypto origin story and what got you into the space. Yeah, I mean, I was a gold bug initially. I, I started out in sort of capital markets, finance, um, was really into gold and understood the sort of principles of scarcity. Um, and I've been in that space for a long time, investing in precious metals silver, gold, stuff like that. And then, you know, it's funny back in, I guess, 2011 or 12, somebody told me about uh, Bitcoin and, and it was sort of like, I sort of laughed it off and, you know, what is, what is this sort of digital air money? I didn't get it. Um, but then I spent some time sort of looking into it and uh, I was in, I think it was on a road show in London and my friend was buying um, Bitcoin on Craigslist. And sort of accumulating, I think that was at sixty dollars or something. Oh, crazy! Um, ish, in Craigslist in the UK, and he offered me up some Bitcoin, and uh, I declined at the time, but you know it sort of rallied after that, and I bought into Bitcoin probably in two thousand thirteen. So I, I think I probably got in when it was four hundred, six hundred bucks. That was a fun time because it was sort of rallying to a thousand, and it seemed like just crazy how how it was. Uh, moving upwards. And uh, that was sort of the start. Um, in 2013, tried to start a first public company, um, which was early. And then in 2000, was that, 2017, tried to start a, a Bitcoin trust. And at that time, it was still sort of considered a novel asset class. So um, we got declined by the OSC. We actually went all the way to the sandbox and, and pitched it to the OSC. And uh, they said it was a novel asset class and, and, and uh, basically uh, terminated our application. And so that sort of was like the foray into, into crypto. And uh, then we decided to start this company, Neptune. Neptune Dash was called back, back then. Got it. Got it. Boy, the times have changed, huh? Now the... <laughs> yeah, they really have. They really have. It's, it's quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right when I got involved too in 2013 during all that kind of craziness right before Gox happened and um, that run up. I think a lot of really uh, great thought leaders in the space came in at that, uh, at that big kind of craziness that happened back then. And after Gox happened, it was just a desert, like a no man's land. Nobody was really- It was terrible. It was, yeah, I mean, it was like a few people. And I think, I think the reason I sort of stuck with it at that time is just because 
I didn't, I didn't bother playing around with my wallets. You know, I, it was my, my Bitcoin was sitting in the wallets and I didn't really know how to deal with it and it wasn't worth a lot of money at the time. So I sort of forgot about it, but Gox was a disaster um, and scared a lot of people off. And, you know, there's less and less disasters now. So, I mean, that's a good thing for the space and, and hopefully eventually there will be no disasters and uh, you know, I'll stop hearing the, the, the pundits talking it down. I mean, that's, seems to be sort of this, still this war out there about digital currencies and if it's, if it's real. And I, I feel like we're so beyond that, but, you know, looking at, looking at Twitter at any given day, um, you know, you can still see there's a ton of hatred for this stuff. And I think it's just people are afraid of change totally. and, uh, you know, change is coming and digital finance is here and, and it's either adapt or an hour adapt later. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that everybody actually thought that it, there was a probability it could just be over after Gox happened. I remember the sentiment was so bad. That yeah. People were like, this is just good run, guys. It, it was fun. I remember that. It just, it literally felt like it could go down completely, like the experiment. Oh, yeah. Go to zero. And I, and I, I remember it was 2013. We tried to take this company public. What was it called? I called we called it Bet Noir. Um, and we tried to take this company public and, uh, you know, after it was, and then it was the crash, then it was Mt. Gox. And then we said, oh, thank God we didn't take that public because Bitcoin's dead. Mm. And, uh, you know, it wasn't. And um, after that point in time, I, I became a believer. Yeah. So that brings us to Neptune. What is Neptune and what is it trying to accomplish? Yeah. So initially we started out as sort of a pure play. So we started building master nodes um, in the DeFi space, um, which was pretty interesting. I'm not sure if you, are you familiar with, uh, with Dash tokens? Yep. yep. Yeah. So we, so we basically raised $20 million in 2017 and bought a whole bunch of Dash. I think looking back where we bought maybe um, 19,000, but it was, it was $2,600 or $2,000 for a Dash token. And so we, we bought these tokens uh, basically at the top of the market, um, but we built these master nodes and we were a Dash pure play at the time, hence Neptune Dash, our ticket was Dash. It was really cool. Um, people liked it. Um, and that was sort of the proof of the proof of stake component of Dash tokens. And so we built these master nodes and master nodes kicked out some revenue. We took the revenue, we reinvested more Dash and hence, you know, you had sort of this growing um, network of master nodes uh, that we owned. But, you know, unfortunately, Dash wasn't the token and, and it collapsed. And sort of, you know, the model of our business was really appreciation of the underlying asset. And because we didn't get that, um, you know, we, and we entered the bear market for a couple of years, it was, it was tough times, right? Um, so we no longer became that pure play of Dash masternodes. You know, we kept some Dash masternodes and we, we do like them. And I think, I think uh, Dash has a future. Um, but we really sort of leaned in towards diversification. Um, we like the proof of stake elements of some other tokens like Cosmos Atom. And so we, we built up uh, sort of a delegator, the delegate delegated to the validators and we got that 10% and we're like, wow, this is great. Especially since we got in at probably three or $4 into Cosmos uh, Atom and now it's a 20, 22 or 25, 20, 30 Canadian, I think. Um, so that's been a really successful adventure for us. Um, and then, you know, last year we were like, we need some Bitcoin. I mean, we had a bit of Bitcoin, um, but we wanted to buy some Bitcoin. And that was sort of the start of the pandemic. So Bitcoin was really uh, down at that point in time. So we added some Bitcoin. 
And then DeFi started kicking off and, you know, then it was like, okay, well, we can earn on almost everything. So let's, let's build this massive diversified portfolio where you get the appreciation in the underlying assets. We invest in DeFi high yield spaces where we can actually earn income, um, try and get, you know, as much income as we can through proof of stake, DeFi, whatnot. And uh, we'll build this uh, high yield growth portfolio. And that's what we did. And, um, you know, we got a bunch of Bitcoin probably at six to 9,000 bucks. Um, you know, hindsight, we should have bought a lot more. And we were very careful not to blow up our cap structure, obviously, during the bear market. So a lot of companies raised, you know, pennies and, uh, you know, they have hundreds of millions of shares out. So we were, we were very cautious to not do that. We took very minimal money that we needed just to buy a little bit of crypto. We cut all our, cut our costs down to, you know, nothing. Essentially, we didn't get paid. Um, and, uh, accrued on the balance sheet and, uh, you know, just kept chugging along and it's, it served us well coming out to this bull run. So now, now, you know, when people invest in our stock, they have, well, now they're getting a whole whack of stuff. I mean, we're really a, a diversified play now, uh, not only getting appreciation in all our assets or crypto assets, you're getting that yield. And now we're, we're into proof of stake. Um, I mean, our background has been proof of stake, but uh, now we're now we're loaning. We're taking advantage of the DeFi space. We're doing some heavy, uh, some interesting derivative structures uh, that's enabled us to buy mining rigs without actually raising capital. Um, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, we protected our downside risk as well. We've done some some really great hedge plays, uh, some some put and call options. Um, you know, so we've been really able to capitalize in this space without blowing up our cap table. And, you know, so now we're, now we're driving forward. Uh, we're doing some really cool stuff that we can talk about here in a moment uh, in the, on the mining front as well, on the actual proof of work, traditional, uh, both conventional and some green uh, 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 carbon neutral mining. Yeah, yeah, that was really what I wanted to. So I think it's, I think we're looking at about five cents kilowatt hour initially, but um, wow. I'm sure we can whittle that down as well. And then we're looking at some wind stuff as well. So, I mean, there's, there's a few facilities we're looking at, um, but we expect this to come together pretty quickly. Yeah, that's exciting because I know that there have been a lot of conversations around it. And I have heard that 40% figure in the past um, mm. around the sustainability because a lot of the people that are coming into the space to do mining have that in mind from the start, right? Like they, they right. approach it that way because it is a huge value proposition somebody purchasing bitcoin from you know you guys knowing that it's it was mined sustainably i think that that's such a really impactful statement um that Mm. not many people have really thought through yet i think so it's cool that you guys are really leading the way there um yeah and we're not the only ones i mean there's other companies who are working on this stuff um i believe hive has some some carbon neutral stuff and uh, I mean, they're running GPUs. I don't think they're ASICs, but, um, you know, it is a direction that everybody's going. You know, we can provide the facilities and, and host uh, all, those, all those other companies who want to plug into a carbon neutral grid uh, or power source. That's great. We'll do that. We'll also have our own machines there. Um, so we see as, a, as, a, as expansive, this five megawatt plant will be sort of the initial, initial proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll be scaling that, scaling that drastically over the coming years. And, um, you know, we were, I would say we're experts at managing our assets. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to cover ourselves and hedge on the downside. So we have some protection in case Bitcoin moves down and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to run this thing really well. Yeah. And I talked to core scientific 
probably a few months back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing a relatively large operation um, in the southeast of the United States. Mm. And they talked a lot about how uh, they're really hiring local um, you know, workers to help in these facilities. And I think that's an indirect value that um, you know, I'm sure you guys are exploring as well with kind of revitalizing areas that have maybe been disrupted by technology, mm-hmm. where there's warehouses and things like that. Um, but have you guys explored, you know, local hiring, local economy, um, you know, workers? And- oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm an Albertan originally, so I'm from, I'm from that province. Uh, so is Steve over at Link. Um, you know, that's our roots is in Alberta, even though I've lived in British Columbia for, for 20 years plus. Um, but, you know, Alberta's been fairly decimated by the you know, drop in oil prices. And as we move to sort of this electrification economy and move away from fossil fuels, I mean, that was the backbone of Alberta for the last 20 or 30 years. So it's really important, I think, to, to grow the new digital age in Alberta. We're hoping there's some probably some government investment and grants, but that's not necessary for us to operate there. Um, but yeah, of course, we'll be hiring all local. It'll be all local and we're hoping, hoping we can drive some value to their economy and, and help them recover from the, you know, the, the changing, the changing times. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I see it being a trade in the very near future, uh, like trade schools popping up, teaching people how to yeah. rigs and stuff like that. Um, I can definitely see that, that future. So yeah, what stage are, are you guys at and how big is the team? Obviously you're a public company. What, what size of team are you guys right now? Well, I mean, we pride ourselves on having very low op costs here at Neptune. Um, so we don't, we don't need a big team, uh, whether we're running, whether we have a hundred million dollars in assets or a billion dollars in assets, we still see our team as being a handful of guys. Uh, we've got an exceptional board. I don't know if you looked at our board, but myself and then Callie, who's, uh, who's got a huge background in technology. He's worked for Nokia um oracle he's worked in silicon valley for years uh he's he's been been around the tech space uh, dario melli who is an independent director um and he's he started hootsuite which is like a huge canadian success story and, and known internationally now uh mitch uh, is president of netcoins which is uh big obviously uh that's uh that's been big not only a big but big story uh, lately obviously their socks doing really well um, and they're they're going through massive growth as well. And then we have um, another independent director, Carmen. So that's our team of five, essentially. And we have our investor relations guy, uh, Dustin Zinger. And that's really been our core team. Um, really, you know, I really roll up my sleeves in this company and I do <laughs> pretty much everything. Uh, you know, I'm a CPA by trade, so I can sort of go into a finance role and then we can do, and I can do some marketing. So, you know, for us, it's about keeping keeping our costs low. Uh, we don't want to blow this, blow, blow up our, uh, our P&L just because we raise money or just because we have, you know, more assets. Uh, we don't see it that way. We see us running a lean, mean team here. And again, um, having, having two CPAs on your, on your team is, is good in terms of accounting. But um, so, yeah, so we probably will be hiring more. I mean, as we grow in size, I think we're a hundred and something million market cap today. But obviously the goal is to become a billion dollar company plus. Uh, we're going to be pushing for, well, we're going for an OTC QX listing, which is hopefully uh, imminent. Uh, we will be pushing for a NASDAQ listing eventually. Uh, we're going to have to meet certain criteria. So 
if all works in our favor, we'll meet those criteria, we'll be listed on NASDAQ doing a co-list there. Uh, that's the goal. Uh, that's not guaranteed, but it is a goal. And so as those things happen, we're obviously going to have to expand somewhat. But um, in terms of boots on the ground uh, with, our, with our proof of work mining operations um, and our, our joint venture with Link, uh, the boots on the ground is going to be them. Uh, that's their expertise. Uh, you know, rolling up our, our accounting sleeves and managing the crypto assets uh, will be sort of our role. And uh, I think we're very good at that um, and generating yield on the yield. So, you know, we'll, we'll mine Bitcoin. Those Bitcoin, we're not going to be selling for operations. Those Bitcoin are going to be sitting on our balance sheets. And then we'll be reinvesting them and, and generating more yield on those DTC. Nice. Nice. So changing gears a little bit, you know, we've mm -hmm. gone over your background, you got into the space in 2013. You've seen a lot coming in and out of the space. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about Neptune in detail. What are you excited about, like in the space at large, somebody who's been in the space for as long as you have? What are you looking forward to and what, what excites you about the space? Well, I mean, every day I, I wake up excited. I mean, adoption is obviously the biggest one. So, you know, uh, when my mom starts asking me how she can get involved in cryptocurrency and stuff like that. You know, I used to see that as sort of the, my, my contrarian indicator, my indicator of a top, but uh, I don't really see it that way anymore because, you know, adoption is, is, is important for this space. So, you know, when you get announcements like Visa and PayPal and Square coming into cryptocurrency, that's the real deal. I mean, there's no more debating whether Bitcoin is real or cryptocurrency is real or the financial digital uh, a revolution is going to happen or not, it's happening. So it's just a matter of people choosing when they're going to get in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think um, adoption is key. That gets me really excited. You know, the NFT space is really interesting. I didn't really talk about that much, but, you know, the whole part of the idea of doing this whole green um, sustainable facility was actually getting those carbon credits. And, you know, I see, I see a future where carbon credits are tokenized and they're traded on a world stage. Um, you know, if we don't do it, someone's going to do it. And I think there's probably room for multiple parties to do it. But creating that, creating that value and associating a token with that value and having that, that, that token, you know, underlying token available to exchange in a world stage. I mean, that's pretty fantastic stuff. Uh, I think that's probably, you know, maybe it's a couple of years out. But we're definitely going to be spending some time and effort developing that. So that's really exciting to me. Um, but every day, you know, there's, there's new, there's new progress and things happening and it's, it's, it's always, a, it's always a ride, right? Um, you know, it's going to be volatile. It's going to be volatile probably for coming years. We can talk a little bit about that, but, you know, uh, we're no stranger to bear markets. We've seen it before. Uh, we've shown that we can weather those bear markets. You know, we've been around since 2017. We're not just a, a flash in the pan here. Um, we expect to have longevity and, uh, we're managing things accordingly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I love how you guys are on the, the front lines of bringing retail investors in because you're publicly traded, which is rare. And I think that that's a great interface for people to really get exposure to crypto. It's, it's in yep. a way offering an on-ramp for, um, you know, adoption, like you just talked about, you know, so I, yeah. I really like that. that aspect. Yeah. What's interesting is we, it's funny because when we first came to market in 2018, we were, we really were an institutional story. I mean, our entire raise was institutional. So we had Fidelity come in. Uh, Fidelity was, you know, they're, they're smart guys over there. They were early to, early to the game. I mean, they were there in 2017. Now they're doing their own products, but uh, Fidelity took, 
10% of our company on the raise and then added another 5% of the open market. So uh, I don't know. I don't think we're an institutional story anymore currently. I'd say we've swapped all that off and we're entirely a retail story now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people like what we do. People trust us. Um, we're all about execution. You know, we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Our timelines might not always be perfectly accurate, but we're, but we're committed to doing what we're going to do, what we say we're going to do. And, um, you know, and, and again, that longevity is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And perfect timing for the Coinbase direct listing. I think a lot of people yeah. are excited about this uh, yeah. kind of move for the space as a whole. But those are all the questions I have for you, Kale. What's yeah. the stock ticker and where can people go and learn more? Yeah, so we're NDA on the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture Exchange, uh, NPPTF on the OTC, and we're listed in the Frankfurt as 1NW, I believe. So we're on all three exchanges. And again, we're getting that OTC QX listing up and running here, hopefully in a matter of weeks. But, uh, you know, OTC and uh, the TSXV are the best places and probably the most liquid markets. But interestingly enough, we have a, we have a great German following and we, we love our German shareholders and we've we have done a roadshow in Germany, um, you know, back in back in 2018, and we had uh, we had a lot of interest at the time in cryptocurrency. They liked gold, and and now they like crypto. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's all I have for you. All the links wherever you guys are watching this will be in the description below. But thanks so much for coming on the show, Kale. Yeah, thanks. It's been a pleasure.